Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is Joe Dempsey. I met him when I did the Zev Shalev Narrative podcast, and I just... I really liked his point of view. He was interesting. He was smart. And we did happen to agree on a lot. So we're going to be in our liberal bubble today. But before we get into our conversation, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And don't forget forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Joe Dempsey. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, Kimberly, what's going on? Oh, you know, just uh, trying to make sense out of crazy times, and it's very crazy times. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, okay, so my audience, I just want to tell everybody that I met you when we were doing the narrative uh, show with Zev Shalev who right. my boyfriend desperately wants his name to be Zev Shalev because <laughs> he's also a <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was just, I was impressed with your knowledge. And, I mean, of course, we agreed. It was funny because I would make a point and then I'd see your head nodding. And then you'd make my, you'd make a point and I'd be nodding my head. So I was in agreement with so much of what you said. And I just thought, you know, your, your uh, threads on Twitter are fucking great. And so I just wanted to have you on so we could talk about some of this crazy stuff because this is how, you know, this is how we're all getting through it. But before we get yeah. into the conversation about politics, why don't you just like fill me in on who you are and, and, you know, I mean, I don't know a lot about you other than just being a guest with you on that panel. So who are you, <laughs> Joe well, Dempsey? You know, I, <laughs> I appreciate that, Kimberly. And, and what you said is true. I think, you know, when you're, when you're talking about things that just sort of make sense, I think it's easy to kind of complete each other's thoughts and, and and sort of be on the same wavelength when you're just talking about things when you when when right is what you're after yeah you know when you're when you're just trying to do the right thing i think it's easy to sort of agree on on what that can be right um as far as who i am to be quite fair and, and, and honest with you i'm i'm nobody i'm <laughs> i'm a guy <laughs> i'm just a regular guy who you know i i, I used to have a career and I don't anymore. <laughs> okay. I, uh, unfortunately, I'm, uh, I'm actually disabled. Okay. I have uh, young, young onset Parkinson's disease, mm. and I have a disease called Meniere's disease. And it's kind of like a vestibular disorder, which causes you to lose your hearing and you're off balance all the time, and it sucks. And okay. you, ever, you ever have like, um, you ever, the, the best way to describe that is like if you, if you ever did that dizzy bat thing where you just kind of spin around and then all of a yes. sudden everything starts spinning. Right. Yes. I get a situation where immediately out of the blue with no <sighs> warning, I just spin like that. So oh, it's, no. it's really kind of crazy. I didn't know anything about it until I was actually diagnosed with it. So that basically stole my life from me. Yeah. And what I discovered is most people who, you know, at a young age find themselves disabled, they need to sort of figure out who they are and mm -hmm. sort of understand who they, you know, who, who they need to become. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's taken a long time. It's been a long process. But what I have been able to find is that, you know, what I was good at in my career, I'm still good at. 
and the fact that I just can't do it for you know a, a company I can do it for me mm-hmm. and and what I what I figured out is that I'm really good at taking information in and synthesizing it into a manner where I can boil down a large amount of information and bring it to bite-sized in you know bits of information for other people to understand easily which is what I did in my career hmm. and I just you know as part of the therapy process um, in terms of you know keeping my body loose and, and stretched out I was doing a lot of yoga mm-hmm. so I found myself on the floor doing yoga stretching and missing meetings right mm-hmm. here I am in this corporate environment and and you know sort of having it stolen from me I didn't realize how much I was missing it not realizing that the meetings that I was in I didn't want to be in when mm-hmm. I was there and now that I can't be in them I'm desperate to want to be in them wow so I started listening to c-span because it was just like having a meeting mm-hmm. and what was happening was terrifying because mm-hmm. I was listening to the you know house um, you know hearings and listening to what the Republican Party was doing in terms of their questions some of the things that they were talking about things that Jim Jordan was saying things that Doug Collins was saying and I said no 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 this 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 isn't gonna stand I'm gonna need to take you know my efforts to uh, take the information that they're putting out and try to synthesize a manner that the a lot of people can understand because everybody needs to understand what what they were trying to do to our country and and, and still what they continue to do. Wow. When did that so happen? I, I'm sorry. So I so I just you know took that you know next step in in terms of my own sort of therapy um, and to try to figure out who I am to try to answer that question of who you know who, who are you. <laughs> Right. Uh, when when did that happen? When you were listening to uh, the Republicans on C-SPAN? So it was uh, prior to the 2016 election. Um, everything that was going on, I would say, probably around 2014, 2015, um, is when I started to, to really have some issues. And uh, it was around you know that time where you know the first thing that really sort of perked my my ears up was was when you know. He, he said Russia if you're listening mm-hmm. and I said okay yeah. we're in a different world now yeah. you know, he, he basically just came out and said you know let's you know I need your help here and he was being blatant about it and I said no no, no this won't stand so from that point forward I kind of I kind of said this is this is what I need to do wow that's amazing and you know you should be working for the Democratic Party if you can take you know big pieces of big you know all this information <laughs> and put it into bite-sized nuggets because you are good at that and you yeah. do these threads on Twitter that are must reads and it helped you know I mean look I have I've had so many uh, incarnations as myself I used to be I mean I started my working career like you know as a teenager just like in retail and I did retail and I worked in the restaurant industry but then I decided to become an actor and I was an actor for a good at least a decade and then I was in outside sales and then that was another decade and then the last decade in my 40s I was an author which turned you know I started off with uh, with books but it kind of led to this political uh, career that I have now I mean I guess I could, it's, it's weird for me to call it a career because I'm doing it on my own and so it yeah. feels it just feels like I'm doing what I want which doesn't feel like a career but yeah. it, you know it does and um, it's it's something that I mean I can't imagine what your what it's been like for you and I'm sorry to hear that you're disabled that sucks that fucking horrible that that spinning <laughs> thing I can't even imagine yeah. it um, but you know to, it, but it was the best thing to happen to me to be quite fair I mean 
it's one of those situations where you don't necessarily ever decide that you're going to find yourself there. Yeah. You don't want it. It's not something you want. But then once you get it, you know, upon you, you sort of have to deal with it no matter what. I mean, yeah. I just know that there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it from this point. Right. So I have to accept it and decide how I'm going to live my life with it. And I would not be doing the things that I'm able to do right now mm -hmm. if it weren't for it. I yeah. literally just sit there all day because I can't do anything else because if I stand up, I'm going to fall over. Oh so I just sit there all day and I read things and, and my body may be failing me, but my brain doesn't, right? right? I mean, my brain is still working and it's still capable. So I kind of feel like, you know, at this point, I got to make hay while the sun is still shining. So to the wow. extent that I can do it, I'm going to do it because, you know, to be honest, the democracy is worth it. It is for, and it, you know, I just want to say on a personal note that um, I, I really respect your attitude, and I and I want to throw something in. Oftentimes, you know, I do this show called What's Up, and it's just for my patrons. And sometimes I talk about politics. I've kind of been on this like spiritual journey, and I've you know I've I've been on a spiritual journey my entire life, and I like to analyze and ask and wonder and think about theories and everything, and. So one of the things, and this is, you know, I don't want this to be a controversial thing for anybody who's listening and doesn't necessarily believe in any of this, and that's fine, you don't have to, but I just want to make a par you know, I want to kind of draw a parallel between what you just said as far as your diseases. I, I recently happened upon this woman on YouTube. She had a near-death experience. She, or, or at least, I don't know if she was actually considered dead, but she was on a horse, and the horse was getting ready to kick, <coughs> excuse me, and just because of the way she was positioned, she got thrown off and she was kicked in the face by this horse and she lost consciousness and she had this experience. So did she, was she actually dead? I don't know. But in this experience, she felt as if she had left her body. And, you know, the long and short from this is her, what she learned from it was that, you know, she had talked about being raped by an uncle and being abused by her father and for her whole life she kind of recognized herself as a victim and in this experience that she had she said she learned that everything that happens in our lives is an opportunity and we are the author of you know how we label the the experiences we have so you know her point here was that she you know she had seen her uncle she you know I guess like through her experience she was able to recognize that these horrible things that happened to her uh, weren't the end of the story. She could learn from them. And she could, f even though it wasn't something you would want, you know, who wants to be raped by their uncle when she was literally five years old? But, Jesus. But, um, you know, it, and, it, and it plagued her for a long time. And I think this experience happened when she was a teenager. So she did see as a teenager that, look, we label these things that happen to us. We decide what they are. And she yeah. said, you know, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And I mean, it sounds to me that that's exactly the way you're looking at things like, OK, obviously you would not choose for this to happen. But because it did happen you you know you've processed it and you've gone through whatever i can't even imagine what it would be like because so many of us would want to just fold into ourselves and curl up and die and say <sighs> why you know why yeah me? and and i wanted to i mean for sure i mean you know you you, you get there's uh, there's days when i think to myself i'm just not getting out of this bed there's just no way yeah. you know that i'll be able to get out of the bed today Wow. But, you know, then there's days when, you know, you can and you do, you know, and, and I think, you know, to your point, 
about being the author of your own life. I mean, that's that's just a beautiful sentiment. And, you know, the fact that, you know, your author, Kimberly, I think is uh, is pretty, pretty telling. I mean, I think it's it's amazing that people, you know, everybody has their own thing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and everybody has to deal with it in, in sort of their own way. And, you know, I think, you know, it's funny because a lot of the people on Twitter actually helped me through this because you I think people you know sort of find their tribe. Right. And yeah. I think in a way, you know, you, you, you get this strength from 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 the sameness, you know, that, oh, somebody deals with the exact same problem that I had. Like, who thought that, you know, you have Parkinson's, your eyes burn? Like, that's not wow. something that you hear, right? I mean, that's not what they yeah. tell you. That's not in the brochure. So, you know, to have somebody else kind of say, you know, here I am again up at yeah. 3 a.m. and my eyes are burning. And you're like, wow, it's 10 after 3 and I'm looking at you with my burning eyes. Wow. You know, so it's 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 just interesting that you find the, the, the people who have similar experiences and you draw strength from them. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, it's funny, too, because the first book that I did was uh, uh, anthology of people who had first-time sex. And then I've also collected stories from people regarding um, body and self-image. And I think, you know, not so much with the first-time sex, but even just a little bit. It's the body image especially. And then I also collected stories from men who have had broken hearts, and however mm-hmm. their hearts were broken. And, wow. you know, the thing is, is that people share their it's like what you're just saying people when when you share your story there's always somebody else out there who has a similar story and that other person probably feels alone and like it's only happening to me but then you find out that you're not the only one whether you know whether it's issues with your you know I've always battled body image issues and it's it's like it sounds so privileged of me uh, to complain about extra body fat when there are people like you who have Parkinson's or a girlfriend of mine who has this horrible thing called dystonia, which is where yes. you know, nobody. Yeah. Do, do you know what dystonia is? It's it's Parkinson's. It is. Wow. <laughs> I mean, un, un, uh, yeah. Un, unfortunately, what 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 that is. Part a lot of um, dystonia patients are also Parkinson's patients. Oh. So it's it's. I know exactly what she's going through, and yeah. it's horrifying. It's yeah. terrible, and I hate that she has to go through it. Yeah, me too. It's horrible because it's basically every single. Um, and when it's at its worst, every single muscle in her body spasms all at once, yeah. and she and so there was one time where it happened for months. And it just wouldn't stop. And, you know, I mean, she goes to the hospital and she tries to make the nurses laugh. She makes jokes about how she's getting her exercise. And it's like, I just, you know, I look at her and I can't even believe her strength because dystonia is only one of the issues that she has. And so, but anyway, the idea is that, you know, we all have our path and our story and there's always something in our lives that, you know, make us feel as if we're alone and we're the only one going through it. But, you know, again, to your point about being on Twitter and finding people, it really, you know, t- Twitter can be awful. Social media might be the fall of our <laughs> of our yes. whole planet. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, for, for those of us who are mature enough to deal with it and handle it well, um, it can be this amazing place where you can meet other people. And, you know, I mean, here I have this opportunity to talk to you, which, I, you know, I would never be talking to you if it had right. if it wasn't exactly. for Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, so this is a political podcast and I, you know, I wasn't expecting to go this far off into the tangent, but fascinating, you know, that's a fascinating story that you've got. And, and I'm grateful that you're doing what you're doing. And I guess, you know, as long as we're here, we need to do everything we can to, uh, to save the 
the country. And so the first thing I'm going to start off with, the, the first piece of wonderful news is in Shasta County, California, it's been taken over by militia members. Basically, they got rid of the who they called a rhino, and it's the Proud Boy. You know, it was the Proud Boys and other whatever militia. They backed... Um, it says it says what may be the first militia backed majority in the public agency in the country. So here's what it says. The militia backed movement seeking to seize control of one of California's most conservative counties so far appears to have prevailed. A major victory for far right factions vying to replace more moderate Republican elected leaders across the state. On Tuesday, Shasta County voters chose to recall uh, this uh, a Republican. He was a former Reading police chief. And, um, yeah, basically this is for the, you know, just so that they can infiltrate all over. This is proof that white supremacy is taking over counties. It's taking over school boards. It's taking over all over. And I think that with the, you know, with we're going to talk about Trump in a minute and everything, but with his, with the last rally, uh, I don't know if it was the last rally, but it was one of his rallies a couple of days ago, where he was basically telling everybody he was going to pardon the one six insurrectionists, and if he gets indicted, he's basically he's saying protests, but we all know what that means. The last protest that happened because of Trump was one six, and um, uh, 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 yeah. did, did, uh, I'm sorry, did, no, did we ahead. at some point just sort of retire the word fascist? Like right. what the fuck? Right wing, you know, this far right wing is bullshit. Stop calling it far right, far right this, far right that. It's fascism. Yes. Yes, it's fascism. And it's it's just incredibly, I, I, I don't even know the word because I don't know how old you are. I'm 53. But, you know, who was it? Aaron Rupar said on the show that 2014 was our last normal year in this country. And mm. granted... We had, we had issues with white supremacy. We've, we, ha you know, there was always racism. There was always sexism. There were always flaws, but Trump came along, and you know, I'm going to say that it really kind of started with Barack Obama, because we elected a an intelligent, capable black man, and the fucking racists in this country lost their minds. And, Shit themselves. Yeah. Shit themselves blind. They freaked the fuck out because every one of them knows that everything they said about him was a lie mm -hmm. and everything that they told about themselves to make them feel, themselves feel better about that was a lie to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're telling on themselves by doing this stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then we see, you know, the, the uh, unfortunately what's happening is we're seeing media, you know, I mean, what, t what you're saying about far right and everything, it's fascism, yet the media isn't, it's like the media is acting like the crazy Republicans are just normal yeah. and, and, and you know and they're just like the democrats and oh well their numbers are up and their numbers are, it's like it, i don't even know how to to process this yeah and it's getting to the point and i can't speak for you and i mean i know you're doing a better job right now because you are making threads and you're 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 educating people on what's going on my what's happening with me right now is even though i'm keeping up with things I have to kind of separate myself from what's going on or I feel like I'm going to spiral out of control. <laughs> yeah. Know, I just, it, I can't. No, it, it's true because I have to take, I have to take like mental health days, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to kind of sit there and think to yourself, this is way too much information to process. It's too dark. 
right? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of this stuff is dark because you think there's no way out, right? There's yeah. nothing we can do. They have control of the of the school boards. They have control of the local government. Yeah. They have control of the sheriff's offices. They have control of all the different factors and factions in this country that we would use and tools to make it better. And we can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's one thing is that we feel as though, you know, we, we don't have the majorities in any of those, uh, you know, boards to do anything about it. So that's number one. Number two, we're, we're, we don't have the will to do it. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's got to be some kind of way to do something. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we don't protest anymore. We don't go out and rally anymore. We don't go out and I mean, all those hats. What, what happened? What happened? All those hats, those pussy hats. I know. Where, where, where is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, you know, I can't say that COVID has anything to do with it because we saw um, when George Floyd was murdered, you know, people came mm -hmm. out into the streets for that. And that was when we didn't have vaccines. So I don't know that COVID has anything to do with it. I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I just don't know. And then, you know what? I kind of want to jump to this because there was the news story. I think it came out yesterday from Washington Post. I don't even remember if it was yesterday or today. Trump and his allies wanted to seize and analyze classified NSA, I think it was today, unprocessed raw signa, signals data in an effort to find evidence that would justify plans to seize voting machines. I don't know. Sure. Yesterday, today. Okay, so let me, and this kind of ties in with, with your thread, which we're going to get into um, in a minute. But with this information, what, I mean, again, he said at his rally that he would he would basically pardon everybody involved in one six and a then crime. He, yeah which is a crime, a crime. and yep. then yeah and then he also said that he you know he's basically calling on people to protest if he gets indicted so a crime yeah <laughs> yeah yep so now keep going <laughs> we've got this garland situation right where yeah. you know we talked about this on the show i've talked about it on my show a million times so I just want to hear your take and how you feel. Now, when I talked with you, this was before all of this, right? This was a couple weeks ago. This was before Trump was making these public statements. This is before we found out about him wanting to seize and analyze classified NSA stuff. So, you know, there, there are people right now who are screaming about Merrick Garland, where the fuck are you? And initially... I was kind of like, all right, I'm just going to kind of hold tight. I don't want to make this about voting. I don't want to make this about 2022 because he's not our savior. He's only a piece of the puzzle. But now this new information coming out about, you know, the, all the stuff that Trump's saying. What do you think? What do you think should happen? What do you think will happen? I think, again, it gets back to the will, right? I mean, do we have the will to do what we need to do and to do what's necessary and and you're absolutely right we are we we've reached the point and i think it was that rally and i think it was that rally you know that he just had in arizona that that, that kind of crossed the rubicon i think we have reached the point where it's untenable that he that that he's still capable of doing this right the mm -hmm. fact that you know he's he's able to go out and get the crowds that he's getting and and be able to just say what he wants to say and it's broadcast over you know cable news networks and they're there to take it and and they're amplifying the message it's 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 a danger and and it truly is a subversive sort of act on his part and and the fact that you know we we see the crimes in broad daylight we have certainly probable cause to make arrests at this point mm -hmm. the, the, the 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 concern i really think that they have is that the that, that the perfect is going to get 
in the way of the good, right? I mean, you've got what you have at this point, and you can you can you could arrest him and make superseding indictments as the investigation continues. You can mm-hmm. do that, but they haven't, and they need to. And I think that's got to be the next step. So, do I think that there's going to be justice? Do I think that he's going to be held accountable? Ultimately, yeah, I think there will be. I, I think there has to be, mm-hmm. or else if if it doesn't, then we're really not. Today we are right we're not yeah. the country we tell ourselves that we are right and 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 the fact that you know merrick garland you know was was going to be on the supreme court you know and and and, and the republicans were terrified that that that, that was going to be the case well why aren't they terrified now right that he's he's in charge of you know these these arrests and everything else he's not doing anything so i don't know what they were afraid of unless <laughs> he's got something that he knows is is going to be perfect and, and he's got him dead to rights the fact that he doesn't feel like he has that information now i i, I just don't understand but we we are in an untenable situation and he does need uh to to, to be arrested i mean he just needs to be arrested now, okay, so so could he literally? You're saying crimes. Now, this is not my area of expertise. So, what you know, just the things that I listed, saying I, you know, I will pardon the one six, and you know, protesters, whatever he called them. Yeah. Um, could could he literally get arrested for that? Yes, I mean, I, mean, I, I I think that if you have somebody who is, let's say, um, the Proud Boys or. Um, the Oath Keepers, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a number of those defendants that are already sitting in prison. So they are charged, right? Oath keepers are charged with seditious conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's big. That's yeah, like yeah. one below the big one, right? Like the treason is the end all be all. It's a constitutional crime and it's a crime against the nation. Okay, mm-hmm. seditious conspiracy is the statutory equivalent, essentially, of treason, right? I mean, it's pretty damn close. So you, the fact that you have people who are currently sitting in prison with that have somebody who says. I have the power to release you. What that does is gives them no incentive to cooperate against co-defendants. And if you decide that you're going to eliminate somebody's ability to, you know, let's say the Department of Justice is trying to get somebody to flip on somebody else. Well, what's the incentive for me to do that? I'll just sit here, wait until everybody votes him in, and then I'll be completely pardoned. I won't have to do any time, and I won't have to rat on my friends. Well, that's offering aid and comfort to people who are participating in sedition. So if you've done that, that's a crime. So part of that seditious conspiracy statute states that if you add, if you offer aid and comfort to those who are involved in insurrection or involved in sedition, that that's a crime too. He has in fact committed a crime, and I think Garland needs to see it that way. Wow. Well, and then there's also the concern, or I should say, there are people who I'm just going to say what other what I've heard. You know, this is just what I heard. But um, the idea that Garland may not want to go too hard against Trump because he's afraid of violent behavior. You know, whatever happening out there. What What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, geez, by all means, Merrick Garland, make sure that nothing happens like anybody, I don't know, storming the fucking Capitol. (laughs) I mean, if you're worried about violent behavior, I'm pretty sure you started this entire conversation about a fucking militia taking over 
a county. I mean, what are we talking yes, about? Exactly. Here? You're worried about violence. Violence is happening. Violence is happening. You don't want to say anything about race. Well, racism is happening. Right. We've got to address these situations or they're going to continue to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the less we talk about it, the easier it is to normalize its behavior because you're like, well, that's uh, that was a year ago. Yeah, it was a year ago. We've done fuck all about it. Right. Yeah. And that whole thing with this is a year ago. We need to move on. What? Right. What? Move on to what? <laughs> I mean, and, and, uh, and, and everybody that, like they talk about, you know, oh, we need a bipartisan solution. We need a bipartisan solution. That is code for we need you to come to our side. Right. Fuck that. No, no, no. thank you. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's work with the let's work with the fascist Nazis and see what we can get done. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Oh, right. That is just not going to happen. Okay, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be back after this message. Hey there, it's Kimberly. If you'd like to support the Start Me Up podcast, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tiers. You can make your choice, and you will have my undying gratitude. Thank you so much. Okay, we're back. Um, I want to go over this thread. So you did a thread on Twitter. I'm just going to read the first one, then I want you to kind of break it down for us. It just says... I've said it before and I'll say it again. No matter how big you think the story is, you need to double down. Now triple that. Let's take a look at where this recent part is all heading. Uh, okay, you have to tell me what this is. What is TLDR? Too long, didn't read. That's right. Okay, see, that, <laughs> and I don't even know. Uh, too long, didn't read. Congress, you have in quote, uh, parentheses, and it says, and remember who's doing it, a wee coup thread. So this is the thread about the coup. So I just want you to kind of walk, because you've been getting a lot of attention for this. I want you to walk us through it and just, you know, kind of tell us what the threat says so like i said in the beginning everybody has an idea of you know this story is you know kind of big or i've heard you know the big deal and this and that but no 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 we don't even understand how big this actually is because we haven't heard the half of it at this point right we only know what we've been told in terms of people who have been arrested um who you know i kind of call them like the normies right that's what the proud boys and the, and yeah. the um, oath keepers were calling people that were wearing you know american flags as pajama pants at the capitol on right. january 6th right so those people is, is is kind of what we've seen from the january 6th uh, insurrection but, but, but above them, right, you've got the planners, and we haven't really talked about them. You haven't talked about anybody who's funded it. And, and, and really what we've not talked about at all is the fact that it was members of Congress who helped this. In order for this yes. coup to have been successful, Paul Gosar uh -huh. from Arizona had to decide to disenfranchise every single one of the voters in Arizona. That's his own state. He basically said to everybody in Arizona – your vote's not worth anything because right. it's my vote that matters. Right. Well, they voted for him. So that's a slap in the face, mm -hmm. and they're just willingly taking it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then in order for that to have even occurred, right, the whole way that the process that they were trying to, you know, sort of pull the wool over our eyes and make it about Vice President Pence has the ability to, you know, throw out the electors, throw the uh, election back to the House of Representatives so they, they can, you know, take everything from us. In order for that gambit to work, Gosar needs a co-signing senator, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's Ted Cruz. In order for, for, for any of that to have worked, Ted Cruz had to have, I'll go and I'll co-sign yeah. for this, and, and I'll be there with you, Paul Gosar. So these two knuckleheads are standing up and they're, you know, doing their objections to Arizona. Meanwhile, everybody's pounding on a door outside with police riot gear, mm -hmm. right? They're trying mm -hmm. to get into the place. But it's, it's Congress that made that 
you know, that, that, that sort of tried to make it legal and official. We haven't talked about that. Mm -hmm. We haven't had any conversations about January 6th committee making any subpoenas or, or, or any uh, requests like that. I mean, they've wanted to talk to Jim Jordan. Jim, told, Jim Jordan told them to go shit in their hat. But, you know, he's part of Congress. Like, yeah. you can't do something about that guy. Right, yeah. You know? And, and, and that's, you know, again, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, it, it, it's bigger than, than we know. And we, all, we haven't talked about funding, right? We don't know who's, who's paid for this entire thing. It's gone on for months. This is all stuff that's been going back for years in some cases, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. the, the Oath Keepers, they started in 2009. Yeah. Right? I mean, Stuart Rhodes has been looking to overthrow the government since Christ was a small child. <laughs> this is, you know, I mean, this is just, it's deep. It goes very, very deep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Jamie Raskin tweeted, uh, look no further for the Trump smoking gun. He admits his purpose in the insurrection was to overturn the election. So we've got that. And that's like another, you know, saying he's going to overturn it. God, I, yeah. Pardon. He said he was going to yeah. pardon. And then he called for protesters. And then he says this. So there's all this stuff that's happening. And Jamie also said that when the, eventually we're going to have public hearings. I, I, I think yeah. it's going to be in April. I'm not sure. They're saying April, which yeah. is interesting because the Oath Keepers trial um, begins in April. So uh, uh, was it Oath, Ke Oath Keepers or Proud Boys? One of those one of those two are going okay. on trial, uh, I believe, in um, April, uh, which is at the same time frame mm -hmm. that, you know, these hearings are supposed to start. Yeah. But all that stuff about, you know, the, the pardons and all that stuff, that's all after the fact stuff. Mm -hmm. All the before the stuff is what we really need to focus on. And right. I think that we can actually see um, a through line from where you have Jeffrey Clark's letter okay. um, from the Department of Justice. He was, I think he was in like the, uh, I can't remember, it was like an environmental division of the Department of Justice or something. It had nothing to do with the criminal division mm -hmm. or anything like that. And he comes forward, I don't know if Mark Meadows introduced him, I don't know how he got introduced to the president, but at some point he and Trump are having this conversation where, hey, I got this letter I can send to Georgia about the you know fact that the electoral count act might be unconstitutional and that if georgia wanted they might be able to send their own electors if they pleased you know yeah. they, they don't they could just throw out the, the the vote of the state if they wanted to so that letter goes out you know uh, is drafted mm -hmm. and he's you know clark says to acting attorney general rosen because you know Barr was gone right Barr decided to leave because he knew he knew what was going on so now you have acting attorney general rosen and Clark kind of going back and forth saying, I'm not going to sign this letter. Clark then says to him, listen, if you don't sign this letter, Trump's going to fire you and he's going to appoint me a acting attorney general and I'm going to sign mm -hmm. and it anyways. So he's strong arming his boss. Right. And, you know, Rosen is kind of like, you know, uh, the last, you know, step like he's the he's the final fail safe. And, and thank God he was, because if not, that letter goes to the state. It, it sort of legitimizes everything they were talking about with election fraud. Wow. So the fact that Rosen kind of stepped up into that, into that, you know, makes, you know, makes us, you know, a little bit safer. Yeah. I think he's testified uh, to the January 6th committee. Clark had his uh, hearing yesterday. Yeah. He, he was there to testify. Who knows how many times he pled the fifth mm -hmm. if, or, or if he testified. So you've got that. The arguments that he made in that letter or was to make in that draft letter are very similar to the arguments made in the John Eastman memo, right? So you've mm -hmm. got that 
Eastman memo talking about how, you know, the, 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 the 12th Amendment, uh, the Electoral Count Act is unconstitutional. You can send your own, you know, the vice president has the ability to do this. Oh, and by the way, if Mike, Mike Pence is unavailable for some reason, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Grassley can come and take right. over, yeah. so, which means Chuck Grassley knew about the plan, yes. right? So he had to know. Again, we don't know that because no one's telling us that. But if you logically look at everything that's outlined, Chuck Grassley had to know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so why would Pence be unavailable? Well, I don't know. Maybe he gets in that car and they kidnap him and they take him away. They don't even have to kill him. They just have to take him away. And, you know, they just have to keep him, keep him away from the place. Yeah, and he didn't want to get in the car with the Secret That's Service right. because he was That's afraid. Right. right. And interestingly, you know, I mean, it, that is so fascinating because, you know, A.G. from Mueller, she wrote, had tweeted out that I guess it was a source who told her that the um, badges were declassified or deactivated uh, of his staff and Pence the morning of. And that, yeah. they, you know, obviously oh. they couldn't get in their offices and they were on some landing dock or some some doc and they didn't want their pictures taken i remember trump uh pence didn't want their pictures taken so he clearly knew something was going on and he was Mm. afraid for his life he was afraid for his i think safety and he you know we all know he called um what's his name uh george bush's dan quayle and you know asked quayle for advice Wow, that's really. I kind of, really it kind of like me, like I, whenever I think about that whole Penn situation that day, I kind of feel like you know Robert De Niro in Goodfellas when Karen's kind of walking down the corner, he's like, no, 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 just go in there, and she's like, no, 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 he's like, no, there's dresses in there, go yeah. ahead, and she's like, no, 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 you know, <laughs> he's like, I'm not going right, in there. Right, <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna fool me. Exactly. Um, so it's you know, and it's funny because, I mean, I don't necessarily think. <laughs> I was going to say Donald Pence. That's kind of weird. I don't think Mike Pence is a hero, but I think that he made the right decision for democracy on that day. I'm grateful yeah. for the decision he made because if he would not have made that decision, if he would have gone along with Trump wanted, we would be in a, an entirely different situation. So I don't want anyone to be confused and you know think I'm going, oh my God, Mike Pence is this wonderful guy. No, but he actually did. Uh, he made one decision. That was a good one. He's made a lot yeah. of horrible decisions, but in this yeah. case, that decision, which was an incredibly important decision, um, you know, and for all of his basically sucking up to Trump and, you know, just putting his face right in his rear end, uh, I'm glad yeah. that he chose, like, I don't, I don't know what his motivations were. I don't know, but I guess it doesn't matter. He's certainly not going to turn on Trump at this point. Um, but what's going on with Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> that's the perfect response too. <laughs> right i mean i mean who knows man? <laughs> like i i think i saw yesterday that rudy was one of the masked singers oh my god was he i think that um Yesterday that that, that 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 came out yesterday that like Robin Dick and Ken Jong kind of walked off because oh, right. when they unmasked it was Rudy Giuliani and it's right. like what like that's where we are are you serious Rudy Giuliani is doing the masked singer what the <laughs> fuck is happening I know. This is... right oh my god 
Oh my but Rudy, God. but Rudy's got a lot more problems. I think Rudy's got a lot more problems than being kicked off the mask singer. I'll bet yeah. you that. Right. The fact that he was in Ukraine, we haven't even talked about that, right? right? He's got yeah. 16 different electronic devices that they seized. The special master never finished with that. I don't know what the hell's taking so long with that project. She's going through to try to see what's, you know, attorney-client privilege or, or any of those things. But at some point, that information is going to be released. And that's not January 6th committee um, dependent. That's mm-hmm. that's something completely else, different. That That's about the whole, you know, what he was up to in Ukraine. Yeah, and that needs to be, you know, that all needs to be a, have the whole situation with him and the Kraken lawsuits and all these other things, which kind of sort of gets us back to, you know, the fact that we had the Eastman memo and we had the Clark letter, but what we also had was these alternate slates of electors in the states. So in each of the states, those people that that have been put forward, and 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 you know, I talked about this a little bit last night. I was on Seb's show again last night, but I talked a little bit about this. If if we look at the Kraken lawsuits, remember Sidney Powell had all those lawsuits. They mm-hmm. were in Michigan and Georgia and yes. Arizona and all those things, right? And this was these were going to be the things that were going to be the end-all, be-all. We're going to end everything, and Trump's going to be, you know, hoisted up upon high. <laughs> well, each one of those, um, there there were uh, 27 of the alternate electors actually showed up as plaintiffs in those lawsuits. Wow. So those people, those 27 people, they were there on uh, November 25th is when uh, Sidney Powell filed all those lawsuits. So in November, they had decided, yeah, you know what? We'll be part of these lawsuits just so we can get in front of a judge and see if the judge can throw us out. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's one part of it. And that goes along with, hey, by December 14th, all of those cases had been dismissed. There's no, you know, there was no standing. You know, there was there was no evidence of fraud. Rudy Giuliani had his, you know, hair leaking all over the place, and 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 they had their their little press conference. But at the at, at the point of December 14th, each of those people, the 27 of them, had also decided to sign on as alternate fraudulent electors. Hmm. That takes things to a whole new level. Hmm. And when when that occurs, that's a crime mm-hmm. that they're committing because they know that they're not the duly elected because you know the election had already been certified. Yeah. So they so they committed a crime there too. But again, the fact that Eastman's memo and and Clark essentially were calling for alternate slate of electors and then all of a sudden here they come through Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. Well, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to going back to what Jamie Raskin said. I just want to get your take on this because uh, again, it'll be in April, which is interesting timing. Um, we, you know, the the closer we get to the November midterms, I think it's better that certain information comes out closer to the midterms so that it's not forgotten because we have like no memory in this country, especially voters. Um, do you think that? What do you think is going to happen as a result of these? public hearings i don't you know i mean i they're they're going to be according to raskin they're going to blow the roof off so what do you think is going to come from that you know i'll be honest i I look at raskin and you know he's a constitutional scholar and i i respect him 
dearly. I don't think it takes very much to blow the roof off of Raskin. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm a little like, right. I don't know how much is going to, you know, like what he thinks is going to be big, but right. it has to be big. I mean, yeah. it has to be not only big, but it has to be in a manner in which people can easily understand mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be in a story sort, sort of format. It's got to have like an arc, right? It has to have like a Breaking Bad type arc to it where you introduce what is happening, what the story is you're going to tell. And then from there, you have to build upon it and everything. It's like got to be all rise, right? Mm -hmm. Everything. It's like the best mixtape ever. It's got to be all rise. And and if if they don't do it right. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and I've said this and I don't you know, I don't mean to offend any Democrats, but I've said this since forever. Democrats to me are like monkeys fucking a football. They can screw up anything. I just don't want them to do it this time. Right. Mm-hmm. I need desperately for them to do this correctly and to do it right. Because to your point, if we don't capture the attention of the country, mm-hmm. then we're going to lose the country. Yeah, and that's really important because what people don't forget, I mean, there's there's you and me, we're paying attention, we are junkies, and even I'm, you know, I mean, I'm having a hard time paying attention just because it's it's too much information and it's so dark, but half the country doesn't vote. So, you know, we've got half the country who votes for Democrats, half the country who votes for Republicans, and then the rest of them just don't vote, you know, ha- I, I, I want to say half of, a, of the half, so it's a quarter of us vote for you know for democrats a quarter of us basically vote for republicans and then the rest of us don't vote at all and the thing that can change that is you know if they are if they do this correctly if they're able to with these televised hearings because the the televised hearings are already working against the fact they're not going to be aired likely on fox and if they are aired they're going to pick and choose so that it yeah. doesn't look as bad as it is, or they're they're gonna if there's yeah. ever if there's at all a fuck up, they're gonna highlight the fuck up. So there's so many people who are you know relying on Fox News, and they might not be the full blown MAGA Trumpers. Maybe they're just the old school kinds of conservatives who aren't really paying attention to politics. But you know, every now and then, you know, the the news comes on and they listen, and so they're not getting it. And I think if Democrats are smart, they and you know, and and it's it's sad to say that because I am a Democrat, and yes, Democrats, I think they fucked up in 2010 and in 2014 because we had we started it off with everything blue and then yeah. you know and then it, it, it got a little you know i can't remember which which one went first the house or the senate but it, but by 2014 we lost both and i always go back to imagine and I, you know anybody who's going to get offended on this if you voted then i'm not talking about you <laughs> and i am talking about the democratic party had an opportunity i had david pepper on the show who wrote uh laboratories of democracy and he was saying you know the republicans have been laser focused on state houses they've been laser focused on getting people into local politics and democrats have not and i don't uh, this is not me bagging on them for the i mean i'm gonna vote for them but i want them to be stronger and every time, you know, it's like sometimes this is a very hard time to criticize Democrats because they are the only things standing in the way of, of losing our democracy and fascist rule. 
So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not delusional, but it, unfortunately, you know, w- when you're watching a football game, everybody goes back and rewatches the plays that the, and they recognize the mistakes they made. It's not about criticizing. It's not about pointing a finger. It's about where did we fuck up and let's not fuck up again. Let's right. do it right next time. And yeah. that's just, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And so unfortunately we do there is criticism for the democratic party i had the uh, great opportunity of talking to dnc chair jamie uh um harrison and i wanted him to be clear that because you know he was like your democrats need hope and we vote on emotion and we need to be helpful yeah we need to be helpful but what we really need is to be we need to know what the democrats are doing we need to know what they're giving us but we also then need to know what the republicans are taking away because people who are comfortable don't fucking vote they just don't vote they just figure everything's going to be okay and we don't have you know we're not teaching civics for the most part in this country education has been defunded for decades by the republicans money has not been replaced now we're seeing teachers on twitter begging for money because they can't fucking they're not getting paid they're not getting the supplies they need and they're relying on you and me to get you know to go fulfill their amazon wish list just so they can teach this is ridiculous Oh, and, and by the way, there's a fucking pandemic. Yeah, and there's a fucking <laughs> like, pandemic. That we're not going to address. Like, I don't, like, honestly, I think that if you can't get behind, like, some kind of slogan that says Democrats for democracy, mm-hmm. then there, we don't deserve it, right? Yeah. I mean, we need to just put it in those stark terms. Yeah. The democracy ends this the penultimate election. Yeah, if, it is. If we don't win, if we, if we lose the House, right, if, even if we keep the Senate, mm-hmm. if we lose the House... It's over because yeah. they're going to impeach Biden and it'll be just, you know, nothing but bickering and, and, and backstabbing and, and all this other stuff. And, you know, who knows what happens with any of the elder statesmen within mm-hmm. the Democratic caucus in the Senate, mm-hmm. you know, they, that w- might want to be, you know, 96 years old and run for another term. I mean, at, at some point, you know, that a 50-50 split is mm-hmm. fragile. It is. You it's know, so so fun. we've really got to start, like you said, they're not they're not teaching civics, but we have to start understanding what it truly means. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, depending on how many, you know, people are coming of age to vote this year, that's who we have to get behind too, right? We've got to educate them. They may not know. They may not have any understanding of what the difference between a Republican and a Democrat is because, you know, we don't really talk about that, you know, over the last 20 years, let's mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. And what, but what you do have is you've got Charlie Kirk on the, co- on the college campuses, right? Yeah. You've got, you've got the TPUSA out there and, and, and this Patriot front bullshit. I am I am convinced that all of that is like some frat bro bullshit, right? And and, and it's it's probably starting you know on, on college campus. These mm-hmm. guys look pretty young, you know that that are out there. Yeah. And 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 it's you know too young to be jaded, to be quite frank, right? I mean, what the fuck are they pissed about? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And, and and to your point, like, you know, about, you know, not defunding education and, and doing all those other things, that's that's the point. Mm-hmm. Every time, and we laughed all the time, oh, it's mm-hmm. infrastructure week again. Oh, it's infrastructure. The joke was on us because the infrastructure was the state houses. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure was the local communities. The infrastructure was gaining school board, you know, majorities. That's yeah. that's what their infrastructure is. It's not about bridges. Who right. gives a fuck about bridges? It was about the infrastructure that's going to lead to the fascist takeover, yeah. and we're going to do it by the book, right? We're going to do it according to the law. Well, the law says you have to have a majority. Well, if you have a majority of fascists, guess what? Mm-hmm. The fascists take over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fucking scary. What I mean, just off the top of my head, 
if, if this happens and, you know, we've got this fascist takeover and it's, it's complete, I think it's going to take a little while for America to wake up to recognize because there, you know, there was somebody who commented now, granted, I don't even, I don't think that they had a profile picture and, you know, their name was likely something with eight numbers behind it, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. It just means that they didn't bother to really come up with anything creative for their, for their name. Um, but their comment to me about Democrats was something like, oh, you know, like if we lose in 2020, oh, well, whether it was 24 or 22, well, the Democrats, you know, they, they always come back in and save. Republicans win, and then they trash the country, and then Democrats come back in, and then they save the country. And I was like, it, it drove me nuts, because even though this person was likely just whether it was a troll or somebody who didn't know any better, it, it represents so many other people who just yeah. think that if the Republicans win this time, we'll go through some hell and then the Democrats will not this time though, because the Democrats aren't going to come and save us because they're going to, they will rig everything they've criticized us of doing. They're doing Trump. They're doing. Yeah. Trump screaming about a rigged election. That's exactly what he was trying to create yeah. for 2020. And yeah. he failed. But we all know, well, maybe not all of us, but some of us know that Hitler did this exact thing. There was yep. an unsuccessful coup and yep. he got a slap on the hand. And then there was the successful coup. And we all know what happened with Nazi Germany. Again, maybe we don't all know what happened because there are people who are denying the fact that the Holocaust even happened. They're Which, burning books for fuck's sake. They're burning books. Yeah. Did you see <laughs> last night in, burning books. Yeah, in Tennessee, it was uh, Greg Locke who is a pastor. Um, he, I think the, it was a literal bur book burning and they were bur burning, you know, stuff like, um, uh, Harry Potter and, oh God, what's that, that, st that story with the vampires, that really popular story with the vampires, which I can't remember the name, Twilight. Twilight. So, so basically, I don't know all the, all the books they were burning. Those are two and they're considered demonic. Oh yeah, sure. But that's 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 their whole mo, right? Again, you you take the education out of these places, so they're uneducated, and they think, oh well, magic is real, and 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 magic is like, oh, it's all black magic, and yeah. oh my goodness, and 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 the devil is coming, and it's Satan, and this and that. Meanwhile, <laughs> they're they're in a cult. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> they they of you know all the religion that they bring into it, the fact that they're so religious yet have given themselves over to a false idol is completely antithetical to their religion like it doesn't make sense i know well that's the thing i mean when you're in a cult it's it makes absolutely no sense and right. sadly we you know many of us know because we have family members who yes. you know are in this cult and some of these people i mean outside of what's been going on in the last five six years some of these people were really good people as far as, you know, maybe they weren't the best people in the overall picture, but they were overall loving people to their friends and family. I, you know, I mean, I have a family member who, you know, I don't want to get into it too much. I've talked about her a lot, though, but it's like, you know, I mean, she, she, she lives in Baltimore, Maryland, and Baltimore is, you know, there's a lot of black people who live in Baltimore. And when I was a little girl, I grew up in Baltimore. And then we moved, my mom took me to Southern California. And it was interesting because I definitely saw the, 
the animosity toward black people and there were people in my family who said certain things now my mother had always raised me you know to stand up if somebody ever used the n-word she would always say don't use that in front of me I don't like it don't talk like that in front of me and it was always awkward and uncomfortable obviously when you say something like that to somebody who said the n-word or like a sexist thing or whatever it is when you call them out on it but that's how you know what I was raised with but then and, and I saw the tension you know um, and I used to argue with my grandfather because he was a racist and he was beaten up by black children and and then he just decided that all black people were bad and I kept saying to him what if you were beaten up by white children when you have decided that all white people were bad and he never liked it he hated when I said that (laughs) but you know but but it's like the, the whole idea is you know people in my family have had like I know people whether it's people in my family or family friends who have you know it's the famous case one of my best friends is black or whatever so they know black people and maybe they'll have those black people over to their home yet when their friend isn't around they'll use the n-word and so you know i mean they they don't recognize their own racism and maybe they're not out you know burning books and maybe they're not putting the white hoods on and going to those meetings but they're basically holding it up they're holding it up by voting for the people that that say that's okay and, and they'll parrot the fact that, you know, a black woman isn't qualified yeah. to be on the Supreme Court. Like, again, that's it's, it's bullshit. I mean, it's yeah. just it's it's, again, a fear tactic. Right. They're terrified and they should be because black women in this country are going to save this country. They've done it before yeah. and they continue to do the hard work to keep this a democracy. They came out and they voted for Biden. They, they voted for Obama. I mean, Black women have been saving this country forever, ever. Okay, <laughs> my wife, <laughs> and and it matters. The fact yeah. that 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 you know the Republicans are upset that that Biden said you know oh he shouldn't have said that uh, he's going to limit it to a black woman because what well, a, a white guy I guess can't get a fair shake. Right, listen poor, those to, poor white listen, men. Right, poor poor you white guy. Ted Cruz, I got news for you. It was <laughs> never going to be you, honey. Right. Okay, it was never going to be you. Okay. <laughs> But 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 it matters, and mm-hmm. and and I and, and I say that it matters because the visibility matters, diversity matters, yes. the fact that you have a different perspective matters. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't stress to you the fact that a black woman being on the Supreme Court, especially you know from a justice perspective, mm-hmm. right? We're constantly talking about justice in this country, and we 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 need justice. Mm-hmm. How the hell are black people right. going to get justice if they're not represented at the highest court in this country, right? I mean, yeah, sure. Clarence Thomas is there and you know all the power to him congratulations but a black woman's life is different mm-hmm. black woman a black oh, yeah. white woman Amy Amy Coney Barrett she does not know the indignity no. of having somebody grab their purse and walk the opposite direction just because a black woman walked down that grocery store aisle Wow. Right. Just because, you know, you're in the frozen food section mm-hmm. and you need to get potatoes or you need to get whatever. And, and here comes a black woman and you grab your purse. That is right. an indignation mm-hmm. that, uh, that that they don't have that perspective. And mm-hmm. if you bring that perspective, then you are going to bring it for all people. You're going to know what that pain is like. Yeah. And you're going to be able to provide a different perspective that we've never seen in this country. Mm-hmm. It's not even like I can point to a, a, a somebody who's, you know, been able to say, well, this is this is the example. No examples. Yeah, no. 
No, and it is important too because I mean I've written about it's just a horrible article. I've mentioned it before, but it was uh, no prison time for white men who rape babies and women. So you know there are these white men who have literally raped children, babies. And because they've had money, the white judge said, oh, well, you know, they're wealthy and they just won't do very well in jail. So they get no prison time. They don't even get any kind of nothing happens to them. Nothing. Right. You know, right. some people are listed as uh, sex offenders or, you know, child offenders. But mostly the white judges are more concerned about the the white man's life than the baby they raped or the woman they raped. And, you know, we've seen it time and again. And so it's extremely important. I mean, that's one thing Biden administration has been really good about appointing judges. And thankfully, so so was Donald Trump's uh, administration, which is not good. But at least we have um, a more diverse co- court. And it's true because, you know, black women probably have it the hardest of anyone when it comes to discrimination and and everything they 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 work the hardest like there's this woman that i'm friends with at my grocery store and we talk politics and and it's so funny because you know i see her every saturday and we're basically friends you know i mean i don't see her outside of the store but when we get together we're like we chat 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 chat, and we talk it all up and we talk about politics a lot and i mean this woman works seven days a week She Mm -hmm. works at a courthouse five days a week, and then she works at a grocery store. And I never see her complain, ever. She's always friendly. She's always smiling. If I had to work seven fucking days a week, I would not Mm -hmm. be happy and smile. I mean, you have to for your job. But, I mean, she is just – she is so – I respect her so much. I don't always agree with everything she says, but I agree with most of it. And, And she has been right where I have been wrong. And, you know, and I've told her that because she was insisting Biden had to be the nominee because she felt that it was going to take a white man to take down the white supremacist Trump. And I do believe she's right because I was, you know, my first choice was Elizabeth Warren. But do I think Elizabeth Warren could have taken down Trump? I don't. And the reason why is because I don't think the Republicans would have voted for her. There were Republicans who voted for him because they felt safe with him. But, you know, I mean, forget a woman of color. Forget it. Right now, our electorate is not strong enough to say, yes, we might vote for her. But the Electoral College, the way that it's set up, will, just like with Hillary Clinton, you know, we did vote for a woman. But unfortunately, our setup has fucked us over and put a black woman into that I, I it scares me to think it is it's not the black woman that i'm blaming we I, we desperately need black women to run this country right <laughs> it, 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 absolutely <laughs> and 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 I'll, I'll be honest with you this comes from experience because i'm married to a black woman so i know a strong black woman is what we need yeah. trust <laughs> that <laughs> yeah they absolutely have a perspective that's unique and will be i mean i uh, just it, it just it blows my mind and that's why they're so fiercely afraid because now we've got we've got a black woman in the role of vice president and it is just you know i mean god look what happened with obama if if she were to be the president of the united states i think she would be a good president but i think it would just i i, I can't even imagine the reaction to a black woman being a president and as much as i mean i'm i'm afraid of the reaction but i would take it because it's growth and we need that growth 
I, yeah. I'm not like saying, oh, well, we shouldn't, you know, I'm not, certainly not that person. Like with Barack Obama, it, it blew everybody, it, it just made all the racists go insane. And yeah, and, and everybody, you know, wants to be, you know, Republicans are originalists, right? We have to go back to the founding when everything has to be the same as it was back in the founding. We have to go back to the 1700s. Well, wait a second. Didn't the founders also say that we need to form a more perfect union? Yeah. So that means you got to make that more meaning do better yeah. right keep this going forward do better than what we've done here in the 1700s mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you're going to do anything about this as a country as we hand this democracy to you if you can keep it right yeah. keep it for as long as you can but you guys do better than us you yeah. can do better you know it's ridiculous yeah. that, that that again it just goes to show there's sort of republican hypocrisy right I, I i'm i'm so for the original you know founding but when it comes to their principles not really no no and it's just maddening because you're just watching everything happen and you, really we are we are watching the republican breakdown to the preferred liberalism that most americans want even i think even conservatives who are, you know, you could call them moderate at this point, you know, they, they like the, not so much maybe the political is liberalism, but just the general liberalism. Interesting. You know, so I want to bring this thing up. There are the chicks on the right who, I do not like these women. I don't know if you're familiar who they are, with who they are. But I was introduced to them in 2012 when I represented Rock the Slut vote, very proudly, um, <laughs> because I wrote an open letter to Rush Limbaugh from a liberal slut, and the woman who started this said, hey, will you be the spokesperson? And I said, yes. So, chicks on the right, and I started blogging, that's when I got all into feminism and blogging about it, and so they, they found me, and they picked on me, and, you know, they tore us apart, because Rock the Slut vote, of course, they're like, we're not sluts, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I can't help but follow them. Uh, you know, I have, there was a period of time that I didn't look on their Facebook page for a really long time. And the thing that really sucks about them is that under, if they weren't so, I, I don't know if the right word would be brainwashed, but I guess it's brainwashed because they hated Trump and then they love Trump. So they do exactly what Republicans do. But you know what? They were, those two women who started Chicks on the Right, I remember watching them before they had you know, a million followers and before they had people writing on their um, site other than those two women who are basically my age, you know, that under certain circumstances, I could have been friendly with them if I were mm -hmm. at work. I, and if I didn't know their, you know, Republican views and everything, I, I feel like, you know, because we're Gen X women, we've got all these things in common. One of them in particular has a, a, a pretty decent sense of humor when it's not mean spirited. And, um, Anyway, so I'm, I'm bringing all this up because I follow them from time to time, and it's hard for me to go over to their page right now. Um, but I went over there, and I saw something very interesting. They were bagging on trans people who, you know, of course they want to have the pronouns, right? Whatever pronouns it is they want to be referred to. So, so chicks on the right are bagging on them. And it, that's not surprising. But what was surprising to me was they chose a couple different people from TikTok. And one of them was somebody who said that they were, I think, a coyote or a wolf or something, and that they wanted to be referred to as, I don't even remember what their pronoun was. But they, they chose some very uh, out there, you know, people who were not saying, you know, I'm, I used to be a man and now I'm a woman and I'd like to be called this. They, they were finding, like, people who were saying they were a, a wolf, 
You know, so <laughs> they were going real far. And, and the point is this woman wrote, she goes by the name Mock. She's like, now look, if you used to be a woman and now you're a man and you want to be called he, I'm cool with that and I will honor that. And vice versa, if you were a woman that wants to be called, you know, or a man that was, wants to be called she, they're cool with that. And, okay, now they don't want to go too far, and I'm sure they don't like the their, you know, um, pronouns and things like that. But, but they really, like I said, they were, they were focusing their, their um, anger and their, I guess, like mocking to these people who were just a little bit out there saying, I'm a wolf and I want to be called this. But, I, but the thing that I found amazing was that these Republican women we're saying, hey, I'm totally cool with trans people, and I'm totally cool with respecting you and what you want to be referred to. And I just, thought, I just thought that was interesting. Even though they're assholes and they're mean girls and they were trying to make their snarky point, what came through to me was that these Republican women are kind of rolling with the times. Yeah, you know? I think, you know, first things first, I mean, we can't lose our humanity in this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a, another sort of dangerous slope is, is people losing their humanity just because you want to give somebody dignity. I mean, you're, you're talking about providing dignity to a person. What are you kidding me? <laughs> the fact that, you know, that, that they're doing that is good and it's an opportunity, like you said. But but again, it goes back to the lack of diversity. If mm -hmm. if you have experiences, like okay, they may be okay with with somebody's pronouns, right? And then they they may you know, like you said, sort of you know, it, it, this kind of goes back to um, same sex marriage, right? Remember when the whole argument about same sex marriage was, well, well what are you going to tell me? The next thing you want to do is marry your dog, <laughs> right? Right, right I mean, exactly. <laughs> so 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 all of that's there. So now you're kind of seeing that after time, where they're like, well, I guess you know, I. I suppose we can give them pronouns, right? I mean, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give them at least a little bit of dignity. Yeah. But do they know any trans people? Have they right. encountered any? Do they feel the same when they're in yeah. the same room with them? That, like, that's, that's a, a completely different thing. And I think that the fact that, you know, they lack that diversity among their core group of friends mm -hmm. or among their community mm -hmm. or among, you know, the people that they hang out with or go to church with or see on Sundays or whatever the case may be, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live the life. Yeah. Oh, like, of just course. Yeah. Be a person, you know, be a person. But, but I'm, you know, what I think of when I read that is there are these, you know, people at home, you know, 65 year old women, whatever, whoever, you know, Fox watching people who are chicks on the right fans. And it, it made me a little bit hopeful, even though, again, they were being horrible. And, and they don't get it, but it's like at least they're at a point now where they're defending trans people and saying, yeah. I will honor and respect this pronoun, which really, I mean, for, for anybody who is humane and a decent person, that should be a no-brainer. But we're not mm -hmm. dealing with decent people here. We're dealing with horrible people that, you know, would, would prop up a, or that do prop up rapists. And so that this little thing squeaks by you're telling these people who are reading this blog like okay well when i am out and about and i encounter a trans person it's kind of okay because chicks on the right said it was okay and it's weird because i'm not defending them i don't like those women i think they're fucking horrible and it's not just about what they said about me um you know the, they, they went after my boyfriend and the worst thing that they could come up with to call him because his name is bob was bobby mcchestair 
<laughs> Which just made me laugh so fucking hard. That was it. That was the all they they like went through all his shit to try to like really get him on something, and that was all they had because you know he had he had his wow. shirt open and he doesn't have that much chest hair, but he had some, and it was like that's all they could fucking get. And so I don't know. I was just like you know going back to my original point that there are these there are these moderate Republicans who I think you know they just they're much more open to some of these social social and cultural things than this extremist shit that we're seeing with book burnings and i don't know where this is all going to go because these people who are and i don't consider chicks on the right moderate but you know where are they going to where are they going to go are they going to go along with fascism because i don't you know saying again it when we if we were to wake up in 2025 with a fascist country I don't know, and this is going to be the last thing I'm going to ask you about. If we, if that happens, how do you see it playing out? Do you see? And this is a horrible, sad question, but I'm just curious because there could be the downfall of the United States, and I don't know exactly with climate and everything happening with climate. I don't know if we'll ever get ever go back to any kind of great nation um, because they're not going to do anything about climate. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Um, but just as far as human beings and Americans and, 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 how, and psychology and all of it, do you think that people would be too afraid to stand up for fighting for democracy? And then, you know, I mean, like I lived in the Soviet Union when I was 12, and I had the opportunity to see uh, what, you know, real communism, and they didn't fully get into communism, but they, they, they were authoritarian, absolutely. And it was literally like living in a jail. And it was so horrible and and uh, you know it's we're not going to go to that but we're going to have an oligarchy here with authoritarianism and fascism do you think the american people because unlike the russians um the american people have had a taste for very long you know, the whole experience has been basically a democratic republic um going into a fascist state fascist nation do you think we would accept it do you think we would fight I, I think I think what will happen, and and it happens in in any situation where you've got fascism, is there will always be an other, and no matter what happens, if you purge the others, you'll need more to keep it going, mm-hmm. right? So once you get rid of the first problem that you consider a problem, now you have to find another problem. Mm-hmm. So there'll always be this sort of there's an other, and eventually chicks on the right will become an other Mm -hmm. because there's just nothing left, right? There's no one left to get rid of. There's no one left to purge. So I think that people will get to a point where it's, it, I, 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 I'm going to say that we will prevail. I, I do think that if it ever came to that, that there would be an uprising. Hmm. And I do believe that we would find a way. I think any resistance will find a way. And I think that, you know, again, you kind of have to look, and, and it's always the extreme, you know, example, mm-hmm. but look to Germany, right? Germany found its way through, right? Yeah, they found right. a different path and, and they, they came out a different side and, and on, just like, just like we started this conversation, right? You, 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 you play the cards you're dealt. Mm-hmm. And I think if we are dealt a situation in which we find ourselves immersed in fascism, mm-hmm. there, there will be enough of us who understand democracy and 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 the other thing that we have in our favor that they didn't have in germany was the internet 
and information at our fingertips. And I think that we have the ability to um, communicate, we'll have the ability to organize, and we'll have the ability to do something to take to take the country back and, and, and to really, you know, uh, put us back on the right track. I hope that it doesn't come to that. I really do. Yeah. And I think that we have to do the work now to ensure that that doesn't happen. But I will tell you this, those of us who are doing that work now will continue to do that work. Mm -hmm. I know that if we go into a fascist situation, I become an other because I'm a dissident or because I'm disabled and I'm mm -hmm. undesirable or because I'm married to a black woman, all of those things are gonna put me on the stump. Mm -hmm. So I know what that what, what would happen. So I'm going out shooting. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. I'm going out yeah. taking my taking my threads and I'm going to, you know, use my fingers until they don't work anymore and get the message out that we have to save this country. Well, and I'm so grateful and that's a, that is a hopeful a hopeful way to look at it and and I'm right there with you because I, you know, I do think that you, you know, people always seem to pay attention when things are taken away from them. And I hope the Democrats do a good enough job of explaining all the things that will be taken away from all of us, including Republicans, if we allow them to steal power, because it would really just be about stealing power. I, I did see a good news article, something about, I guess there's three or so, some new districts in New York that could possibly give the House three more Democrats. So that there's that, at least. Um, I see yeah. that going on. But I, I think, you know, right now we're in this position and I think this every single night, we still have time. That time ticks away and we have to use this time wisely, but we still have time and we can still get this done no matter what happens, even if we don't get this voting rights bill, which I think is really key. But if we can, if, if there's anything the Democrats can do to keep the, these bullshit people, these electors who will basically overturn a fair and free election, that's like the most important thing. That's the most yeah. important thing that the Democrats have to do. I'd love yeah. to get rid of gerrymandering. I'd love to make it a holiday. I'd love to make it as easy as possible. But if that's all we can get, that I'll take that over nothing. Yeah. And Gotta so, get it. Yeah, Gotta get it. We've got to do this. So I don't know. I mean, let's, let's just have hope. And, and to everybody out there who's listening, I really want to just – I've said this before, but I want to reiterate that while it's terrible and scary and it's, you know, I mean, I'm always freaking out about this and I'm always freaking out about that and it's legit, I am freaking out. I think the most important thing we have to recognize is A, this fight isn't over and if, if yeah. we collectively all say, well, that's it, the Republicans are going to win, we will manifest that as a group, like group think. Mm -hmm. If our group think is Eeyore negative, they've already won, then we're going to act in a way that will give them that win we have to act like winners we have to assume winning and sure we can criticize the democrats and we should criticize but we also have to be careful not to go on full-blown attack because there are people out there who are so they don't understand nuance and if yeah. they, they if they see a criticism they go oh fuck the democrats aren't doing anything for me be careful with what you say if you're going to criticize find a way to do it in a way that's not going to scare someone and not voting for Democrats when it's the most important thing in the world. So yeah. try to keep so two, that attitude. Two up. quick things. I'm sorry. Two, two, okay. two quick things to that. First, I apologize. I shouldn't have said I'm going to go out shooting. I don't even have a gun. I shot one once. It scared me to <laughs> death. It terrified me. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. I almost cried. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst feeling I ever had was shooting a gun. It was terrible. So mm. I'm not doing that. Um, but the other part of it is, 
you know, your, your point is so, so right about not understanding nuance and, and not, you know, having that sort of ability to, to, to look at things from an objective perspective and really kind of see what's going on. If you're angry, this is kind of the, the other thing that I said in my, in my thread, all the things that we've talked about, it makes me angry, right? Mm-hmm. All the things that mm-hmm. we've talked about fascism, all the things about, you know, taking over of state houses and militias and, and, and taking over, you know, counties, all that stuff, if it makes you angry, I say remember in November, yes. right? When you get to November and it's your turn, they're terrified of women. Mm-hmm. I think Amy Klobuchar should every time that there's a break in the Senate, I always hope that you know Chuck Schumer kind of find a way to say, I think Amy Schumer, uh, Amy Klobuchar should probably be our leader, and then he kind of comes back and has some weird excuse to say, "Yeah, let's do it," um, because I know that they're terrified of women, yeah. right? I mean that they they just they just are. So so I think that you know if if we can you know get that group you know, motivated and, and the, you know, take the complacency out and, and, and really show them, like you said, what's at stake of being lost here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's so much to run on, right? There really is a lot to run on. There really is a lot to run on. Yeah. And, and we just have to harness that. Yeah. Oh, well, I just want to say it was great talking to you. Um, you're an interesting man and I enjoy, obviously as a political junkie, it's just great to talk to somebody who's so in it and, um, you said you were a nobody at the beginning of the show, and you are wrong. <laughs> you are not a nobody, and you're, you know, what you're doing is important, and it means something. So thank you. But before you. before I let you go, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. I'm at Dempsey2 on Twitter, D-E-M-P-S-E-Y-T-W-O, uh, at Dempsey2 on Twitter. And I write threads, and they're long, and they're rabbit holes, and, you know, they're, they're, I try to be as um, succinct and entertaining. I try to put some jokes in, and I try to, you know, kind of give you something to think about uh, in these threads. But really what I'm trying to do is to expose um, the information that's available to us. Right now, a lot of... Um, things that I put in there, I try not to say anything unless there's documentation to back it up. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get something from me, there's going to be an awful lot of reading involved because <laughs> I'm going to give you documents and highlight tell you what's important and try to put things into context. And uh, in so doing, I'm hoping to educate people and, and I'm hoping to entertain them and, and, and make sure that they're out there voting and that they remember in November, um, you know, what's at stake here. Yes. Very cool. And thank you for your threads. Obviously, you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget the extra E. My books are on Amazon. I love reviews, book reviews, podcast reviews, whatever kind of reviews. If you like my stuff, please support me because I'm independent and I need the support. So thank you, Joe, so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 